1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. It's Sanctity of Human Life Month, and National Memorial for the Unborn is commemorating 30 years of healing. And Linda Keener Thomas is joining us right now to give us a little bit of the history, and then we'll be looking forward to the legacy. She'll share her story and other stories. And it's so good to have you here with us this morning on Mornings with Tom and Toppy. Thank you, Tom. It is great to be with you. I, I love Chattanooga. That's my home, although I'm in Middle Tennessee now. But, um, I'm excited to be on WMBW. Well, thank you so much just for affording us the time here, Linda. And, um, you know, I'm a fairly new guy still here in the Tennessee Valley, just three years in. But one of the first things I heard about was the National Memorial for the Unborn and the powerful story associated with it. And I'm just wondering if you'd let other listeners like me kind of in on the history uh, uh, of this wonderful monument. Right, Tom. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, I was the director of um, what is now Choices. At the time, it was AAA for 10 years during the 90s. And God did a miraculous thing in the pro-life community in Chattanooga and gave us the building that for 18 years had been the abortion clinic. Over 35,000 babies had died in that building. And God, just in a week's time, miraculously allowed us to have that building and close down that clinic. And Chattanooga remained for, for decades uh, the largest city in the in the country without an abortion clinic. And it was God's hand. And when it happened, we really didn't even know why. We were like, God, you know, this is not that great a building. What do, what do you want? And he wanted that building redeemed redeemed. And um, I was across the street, the pregnancy center at the time was across the street from the abortion clinic. And we went out the next morning after we had taken down the front wall of the building, part of it. And in the rubble of the brick was a rose and a letter from a mom that had aborted in that building to her child asking for forgiveness. And that was the birth of the National Memorial for the Unborn because we realized that this place God was redeeming to be a place where people, men and women, grandparents, siblings that had lost children to abortion could give dignity and honor and have closure in that place. And so we put up a 50-foot granite wall that's been there for 30 years. It's hard to believe. There's over over 3,000 nameplates placed by people from all over the country to honor their children. And it's a place of healing and of hope. And that's what our redeeming God does. He takes death and turns it to life. (laughs) That's what he did on the cross. And that's what he wants to do even with those that are wounded by abortion. 
Wow. Her name is Linda Keener Thomas. She's just sharing the history, really, of the National Memorial for the Unborn. Thank you so much for just uh, painting that beautiful picture. But but this um, wonderful thing that we're commemorating over 30 years, but it's personal for you. Share us that story. Yes, Tom, it is. Um, as a freshman at MTSU, honor student, uh, very career-minded, um, I chose abortion to cover my sin. I was a Christian girl. Um, I went from being an ambitious student to a depressed dropout within six months because of the guilt, because of the um, shame. I was running from God. I, I, I thought I had committed the unforgivable um, but God reached down and, and pulled me out of that. But so many people are still stuck in that. And, you know, there's two issues with this. There's the guilt, which we know in the cross, that's where it's dealt with. But but sometimes it's more than just praying a Bible verse. Sometimes it's a deep healing that has to be done. This is a deep wound. And then the second issue, and I didn't learn it until a little bit later in my journey, is the grieving and so many Christian people that know in their head they're forgiven can't let go of it because they've never been allowed to acknowledge that life apart from the abortion and to grieve and have closure for that life that we're going to see in heaven someday. Wow, that is beautiful. I, I so appreciate you being willing to share your story here with us, Linda, and also the redemption that's available for us Amen. in Christ as we walk through this. And you also pointed out something that is very, very real. Although many women and men, for that matter, carry the guilt and the shame, and they can maybe bring that to the cross, but they never touch the grief. How does this uh, memorial help people walk through the grieving process? Oh, it, it is amazing. I wish I could I could paint pictures for the, for the listeners of lives that we have seen just transformed. We see women coming in with just this load of shame on their shoulders, and they go out feeling free. And, and you know, Psalm 61 says that he gives us joy for mourning, the, the garment of praise for the spirit of despair, and beauty for ashes. And I have seen him do it over and over. He says, blessed are those that mourn, for they will be comforted. But the prerequisite for that comfort is being willing to mourn, to be willing to make a place in our hearts. You know, we chose, um, we didn't choose life for our children, but we can choose to love them now and to make room in our hearts for them. And it is so amazingly freeing. Here on Mornings with Tom and Tavi, we try and let you know what's going on around the area, maybe the history and legacy of it, and maybe there's an event where you can celebrate something great that God is doing in the midst of a difficult circumstance, and that's kind of what's coming up for us, uh, and it all kind of circles around 30 years of commemorating hope and healing through the National Memorial for the Unborn. Linda Keener Thomas is here with us to tell us a little bit more. Okay, so you told me a little bit about the memorial. I've never been able to get there and take a look at it. I hope to do that tomorrow just to really soak in the presence. But tell us what it's like and, and, and how people can interact with, uh, with this wonderful, wonderful memorial. It is open to the public um, every day, 
and um, the wall is amazing. It is a compelling witness to our society of the value of unborn life. It, it's a picture of the trauma and the hurt of abortion, but also the hope um, as families give dignity to their children lost to abortion, um, that, that these babies are no longer nameless and forgotten, but they're honored by name. Um, and it's just such an amazing testimony. It, it, and I, I really would love to be there when you walk down the wall because rarely does somebody go up to the wall. It's a 50-foot granite wall. Um, it's under the roof. There's glass doors. You can just walk in and you just start reading the over 3,000 names. And it is just such a picture. Uh, it, it puts a whole new compassionate face on abortion that people don't see. And it's so personal. Um, some of the plaques, it's amazing. They're, they are, I'll hold you in heaven. In fact, there's a life-size original painting next to the wall um, that is just beautiful that has those words on it. I will hold you in heaven. There's many forgive me's. There's verses. Of course, there's dates. And then there's individual names. Um, one says, Jeremy Russell, Home Free, November 1979. And his, his father wrote us after he put up this plaque. He said, my son's plaque acknowledges his life. Now he has a place of significance and dignity in the world. Another family says, um, my daughter chose abortion. This is a grandma. My daughter chose abortion. My heart cries for my precious lost grandchild. But placing this plaque is the only gift I can give him until heaven. Um, there's others that say there's, that have written, there's no cemetery where we can go to mourn, but a plaque remembers Heidi on the wall. Um, another says, for all my children, 1974 to 1980, you are now loved. Psalm 32. And she says that this, the memorial has been a precious part of my healing process. It restored dignity to the life I took. So that's the heart of what you read as you go down the wall. And we're really, really excited at, at the event coming up that we're going to talk about. We are going to be previewing a virtual wall of names. So we are taking all of these 3,000 names and putting them online so that people that aren't close by, you know, many people come even as an annual pilgrimage sometime to, to honor their child and see their plaque. Now we can do that online nationally. And we just invite anyone that's lost a child, a family member to abortion to put a name on the wall. I'm speechless. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for just sharing that. Um, and just the beautiful testimonies of, uh, lives that are now honored because of uh, the memorial for the unborn. And uh, next Friday is an event. Um, I'm honored to be a part of it. It's coming up. It's yes. truly commemorating these 30 years of hope and healing that's available to those who have been through uh, abortion. And uh, tell us a little bit about that event and uh, just share whatever's on your heart. Yeah, we are really excited. We're going to be at Oakwood Baptist Church next week, Friday, February the 2nd, from six, five, 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And um, our special guest speaker is going to be Senator Marsha Blackburn. And that does not make it a political event in any way. Um, we so appreciate Marsha's stance for the value of unborn life, and she's going to bring a wonderful message on that um, to us. So we'd love for people to come out and hear Senator Blackburn. Uh, we're going to be, like I said, launching the virtual wall and talking more about the memorial. 
uh, giving a preview of what that's going to be like and uh, just celebrating what the things that God has done, but not only celebrating, but looking forward. You know, Tom, one out of four women have had at least one abortion. And for every mom, there's a dad and a grandparent and siblings and the, the friend that took her to the abortion clinic. There is so much pain and wounding and the memorial gives a very graphic and concrete way for people to process that and to find healing.